You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I stand to speak as the oracles of God. And I stand to speak with grace that only God gives and supplies. There is clarity of purpose and clarity of thought. There's clarity of understanding and expression. There is a light because the entrance of your word brings light. I speak light over every darkness in the name of Jesus. There shall be no contradictions. There shall be no errors. The word of God is coming with precision and accuracy that the people of God are edified because Christ is glorified. Amen. So, I'm still continuing with the prayer series. And today, I am speaking on the part two. But the subtitle is The Throne of Grace. The Throne of Grace. I am going to continue from where we ended last week. So, you can have good understanding. Hebrews 4.16. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Amplified Classic. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us Sinners, who were sinners? That's what he wants to say. It's not like he's saying, you are a sinner. Are you getting the point? Okay, good. That we may receive mercy for our failures. So the saint still sins. But the saint is not a sinner. Let me clarify. The saint sins. But the saint is not a sinner. The confusion for most people is the difference between the nature of sin and the fruit of the sin nature. Are you here with me? So, if you are a believer, you do not have the sin nature which you call the Adamic nature. So if you sing songs like Adam, Nana, Nimi, no, you are no more Adam, Nana. You are now from Christ, praise God. So you have the nature of what? Christ. And the nature of Christ is righteousness. But since you grew up, 
your mind has been filled with what comes out of the nature of Adam. So you still do some of the sins of the Adamic nature, which is no more part of your nature. So as the word of God comes, which is your nature, you begin to throw away what has filled your mind through the Adamic nature. Praise God. And then you begin to live your nature, which is the nature of righteousness. Praise God. Is that very clear? So what the Hebrew writer is clearly saying is that Christ has taken care of your failures. You are a saint. But when you make mistakes and you sin, before the throne, it has been taken care of. Oh, praise God. And you find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Hey, so when you pray, what do you find? What do you find? Oh, what do you find? Ah, I want you to speak boldly. What do you find? Is it there? So, when a believer prays, does the Lord accuse them? He rather takes care of their failures and they receive what? Grace. Is that very clear? Is there a doubt on this? So, the believer receives what? Grace in prayer. Not accusation. Not condemnation. So anything that condemns you in prayer is not God. It's not God. You are qualified. Oh, praise God. But we're going to take care of something. He says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly. So don't be timid. Tell the next person, don't be timid. When you're praying, don't be timid. It is only the person who feels condemned who is timid. Oh, hello. Yeah. But when you know you have been made righteous by him, you are bold. When you know he's taking care of your failures, you are bold. Oh, praise God. Say, I am bold. He said, boldly draw near to the throne of what? Grace, and he describes what the throne of grace is. He says it is the throne of God's unmerited favor. So when a person is in prayer, there is a release of unmerited favor. Hello? Did you hear that? But for most of us, we have a picture of this throne. And our picture is that there's this old man with some white beard and he's literally sitting on a certain chair. And so if you go to certain places, 
you see the chair of the pastor representing the throne. And it is very huge, true or false. You know, it's very huge, yo. You know, like the way the kings sit on thrones. Do, do you get the point? Uh-huh. So most of us, when we are praying or we are worshiping, we have this as our imagination. Wait. Do you know this world? Can you measure this world? Eh? Can you measure the earth? Do you know the earth is just one planet? Oh, do you know that? The, the, this earth, this whole earth is just one planet. So if you want to measure God's throne, then the way you're seeing God, you're limiting him. <laughs> so that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. So when the psalmist could not find in the Old Testament, how to measure God's throne, he says the heavens are his throne and the earth his footstool. <laughs> so he's using figures of speech to tell you that if you're talking about God's throne, it has no limitation. He fills the heavens and the earth. Praise God. Oh, are you here with me? Tap somebody if they're sleeping. Tell them, don't, don't sleep. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So, what is the throne we're talking about? The throne of grace. Where favor is released. Where is that place? Now, when you understand this, and it doesn't provoke you into prayer. There's something wrong. Look at Ezekiel. 36, 26 to 27. I'm reading from the TLB. I want all of us to lift up our heads. As you write it down, let's read it together. Go. And I will give you a new heart. I will give you new and right desires and put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony hearts of sin and give you new hearts of love. 27, and I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do Whatever I command. This is the prophecy of Ezekiel regarding the new creation. How God, right from the beginning, wants to be in union with man. So God coming to live in you and I. Praise God. <laughs> and he says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put my new spirit into you. This new spirit gives you new desires. Oh, hello. When you are taught, and you are taught well, you begin to do what you need to do. 
Because it is not the teaching that made you. The teaching is only discovering what you have been made when you got born again. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding it? Yes. So he says, this is what I am making them. A new spirit. Somebody say a new spirit. Say it like you mean it. Say a new spirit. Now, the word, a new spirit or a new heart is the word leb. Leb, the unseen man. It is used for a new source of life. In other words, God gave the believer a new source of life. So, a believer has a new source of what? Hey. That's why 1 Peter 2, 2. Calls us this. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like what? Please speak it out like. So, when... A person gets born again, they are like newborn babies. It's like they have been created afresh. So the person may be 99 years old, but they have a new spirit. Praise God. That is fresh. What it means is that they don't have a past. Are you here with me? They have been giving the, not a, the perfect spirit. Hello? So he says, watch this. You must crave pure spiritual milk. So that you will grow into what? A full experience of what? Salvation. So, what you have already been made, as you drink of the word of God, it will begin to reveal in you. Praise God. So the word makes you grow to experience who you have been made. Do you understand that? So, you have been made a man, a male man. As you understand that you are a male man, by the knowledge your mom feeds you with, you begin to experience what manhood brings. True or false? Is it the knowledge that made you a man? No. The knowledge only revealed the nature of manhood that is already in you. Oh, praise God. Is that very clear? Is the understanding very clear? So it is the knowledge. But as for the nature, it's already in you. 
That's why sometimes people can confuse their children. Yeah. And they begin to live as a girl when they are a boy. Yeah. Because when the knowledge is confusing, it can make you live who you are not. And that's how most Christians are living. Because we are feeding wrong. When the knowledge is wrong, it abuses the nature. So, this is what we were made new. What it means is that your biological orientation, your biological lineage, the place you were born, country you were born, does not matter. What matters is this. Sorry. You don't have a past. And you are a spirit nature. You only have a container of a body. So the real you is spirit. The body helps you function the spirit who you are on earth. Did you hear that? Oh, did you hear that? So when a believer doesn't grow in the word, they are confused. They have identity crisis. They don't know who they are. One of identity crises is what I'm addressing today. When you're praying and you have this imagery of God which is not. We'll clear it. Look at Galatians 3, 27 to 28. And we who have been baptized into union with Christ are enveloped by him. We are no longer Jews or Greeks or slaves or free men or even merely men or women, but we are all the same. We are Christians. We are one in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Did I just say that? Your biological lineage doesn't matter. Whether you are male or female, it doesn't what? Whether you are Jew or a Greek, it doesn't. Whether you are Gandangbe or Ewe, it doesn't. Right now, your identity is Christ. Hey, did you hear what I just said? Why? Because he just told you in Ezekiel. That now the spirit of Christ is now which is in you. So you are the spirit of Christ. I am the spirit of Christ. Take what I'm, ta- I'm saying very seriously. Whatever is not in Christ is not in me. Because I am in union with Christ, not bodily, spirit. Did you hear that? 
a wife and a husband are in union bodily, the two shall become one word. He didn't say one spirit. So it's a lie when somebody tells you that you are one in spirit. You are not one in spirit. A wife and a husband are one in their body, in their body. Their body is exclusive to one another. Yes. He's the only one you can have sex with. That's what it means. Exclusivity. Your body belongs to me. My body belongs to you. That's it. But what is you and Christ, you are joined together and you are one spirit. Are you getting the point? Hey. So it means that me and this sister, we are also joined together in spirit. Ah, are you getting the point? Yeah. Do you understand it? Okay. So when he says we have been baptized into union, you can now understand it. What do you call wedding? When two people were, where you said they are in what? Union. Is that not a marital union? Yes. We are also in union with what? Christ. Are you getting the point? Yes. So we have taken on the name of who? Christ. Just like the bride takes on the name of the bridegroom. Are you getting it now? Yes. But ours is not just in the body. Ours is in the word. Spirit. <laughs> Ephesians 2. 9 to 10. Ephesians 2, 9-10. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hello? Let me read the TLB. The TLB says, Salvation is not a reward for the good we have done. So none of us can take credit of it or for it. It is God himself who has made us what we are and giving us new lives from Christ Jesus. You see, new lives there is not new character. No. Or new good works. No. He's talking about what Ezekiel spoke about. You remember? Okay. It's talking about what Peter spoke about. We are new babies. So it's talking about a new life. Are you getting the point? Okay. Something will show you here that it's, 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 it's new life. Let's go. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives. Do you get it now? Is it clear now? Uh-huh. These lives in helping what? Praise God. So the new life of the spirit we have received, which has made us new spirits in a body, we should now use that to help others. Why? Because the spirit we have now is called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is called the helper. Why? Why? Because it is the spirit of God. 
And that's what God does. God is a hell. Are you understanding me? So you can't have the Holy Spirit and not be helpful. It's because you don't have knowledge about who you are. Are you here with me? Okay. The word, go back to New King James. The word created for we are his workmanship in Christ, Jesus. For good works, created for good works, created for good works, created for good works, created for good works. The word created is the word tizo. K-T-I-Z-O. So the K is silent. Tizo. 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 New species. New breed. New kind of man. As a matter of fact, it's the word that is only used for God. Something only God can do. So right now, you have been fashioned in a way that only responds to God and to the God life. For we are his workmanship. The word workmanship is the word poema. Poema. Something that is of the works of God as creator. Prepared to live like God. Prepared with the life of God. Which God prepared beforehand. Beforehand. Proi Tomazo. To make ready beforehand. In other words, it is not an afterthought. It is not an afterthought. It is something that God intended before he created man. That man will live, will be like him. That man will be God's very replica. That when you see man, you see God. Are you here with me? So before he created man, he actually made provision for man's failure in the garden of Eden. And knew how he would come to save man. To make sure that no matter what man's failure is, his intention will be still fulfilled. It is not, it was prepared beforehand. Say God is good. Oof.
So, right now, as you sit, you carry God's species. You are that new breed, that new kind of human being. You are the species that is able to connect to the earth and also connect to heaven. From you, you can speak and you can speak the earth. You can speak and you can also speak heaven. Are you here with me? You can connect to physical things as well as connect to spiritual things. You are the human being that can understand the deep things of God. And you can know God because you have God right inside of you. Not in portions. God in fullness. The very spirit of God lives inside of you. So you carry God walking on this earth in this physical body. And wherever you go, God is there because God lives inside of you. Are you here with me? To help others. To help others means to bring all others into this knowledge. That's what you call dominion. I'm coming to it. Dominion. Ezekiel 37, 27. If what I'm saying is true, check what Ezekiel says. Everybody lift up your head, read it, go. So, Ezekiel is prophesying. It has not happened. Which tells you it's not an afterthought. This is what God has already said ahead of time. Right from Genesis, I'm creating man in my own image and what? Oh, praise God. And he put it in past tense, created he what? Them. <laughs> and gave them a will to choose. But man failed. But man's failure didn't stop God's intention. Because God only does good. There's no evil in him. God doesn't know what is called vengeance. It is a word by man. My dwelling place will be with them and I will be their God and they will be my people. This is the wedding. Ezekiel was talking, but Ezekiel cannot fully understand it because Ezekiel only had a portion of the spirit. And most of their things, they were spoken to by angels. So angels communicated to them. So they didn't get a full understanding. The reason why you and I now have full understanding is because God now dwells fully in you. So, Paul will bring it to full light. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. 
Look at what Paul says. It's the same thing Ezekiel quoted. So Paul is reaffirming what Ezekiel said and then opening it up so that you get a full understanding. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Hey, praise God. We are what? The temple of the living God. As God has said, so he's quoting Ezekiel. I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Oh, praise God. So who is the temple of God? Oh, who is the temple of God? Where does God live? God lives inside of. Now, what do you do in the temple? You offer prayer. My house shall be called the house of prayer. So what does the temple do? The temple offers a prayer. In the temple, you offer prayer. And therefore, prayer is not answered from anywhere. Prayer is offered in this temple because God lives in that temple. The throne of grace, therefore, is in the So God lives in eternal light. By his spirit, he now lives in you. When a man prays, they don't pray into heaven. There is nothing like an open heaven in an atmosphere. There's nothing like closed heaven. Watch it. A closed heaven or an open heaven is in the believer. When the believer does not pray, they have closed their heaven. When the believer prays, they are living in the open heaven. Ah, uh, because God now lives in them and God is at work in them. So the answer comes from your spirit. When a man does not pray, they have shut the heaven. <laughs> Jesus. Go to Matthew 16. Seventeen to nineteen. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also said to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, Ecclesia. In other words, the called out ones. You are not the church. No. But you are the temple. Watch this very carefully. Because the church is the body of believers. So, are you getting the point? No. So you are part of the church. 
But you are not the church. But you are the temple. Oh, are you here with me? Because the body is not alone. The body has parts. So you may be the eye. Are you getting the point? Yes. Yes. So you may be the hand. You are part of the called outward ones. Are you here with me? Is that very clear? Okay. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. So he's talking about his resurrection. Now, the moment he resurrects, he has now shown us the model of the mind in union with God. And he's going to call out the likes of that model. Men who walk on earth, but heaven is connected. So heaven is now in their hearts. Praise God. Are you getting a point? Somebody said, this is dominion. Watch what he said. You take your time. Let's go back. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You see, when God was speaking regarding Genesis 1, 28, be fruitful, multiply. Subdue, replenish the earth. This is what he's talking about. This is it. When the called out ones will fill the earth. <laughs> when he says have dominion, this is it. It's not inventions. Marry. Cast. Money, then you are dominating the earth. It's a lie. That's not it. Because, listen to me, whatever you dominate, you must be higher than it. Is it true? Okay, now, please. Whatever a man does on earth. No matter how potent, how updated, how complex and sophisticated, that thing will be submitted back to the earth. True of all. I heard somebody say this morning, he said, Adabraka. Then, were dominated by Muslims because they came there and they came to buy um, animals that were in the forest those times because all those places were forest. So when they caught the animals, they come there, they buy them and they negotiate for them. And in the negotiation, the Hausa language says, Adabraka. Chain of you. And then it became Adabraka. 
With time, it has changed. Its essence is gone. Whatever a man does from the body, and that man says, I have dominated the earth, they submit this body again back to the earth. Is that dominion? You have dominated the thing, and then the thing you dominated takes it back from you. <laughs> ah, is somebody getting it? Is somebody really listening? As a matter of fact, when a man has worked so hard and made a lot of money, you remember Jesus said, lay your treasures where the moth and what? And what? Rust will not destroy it. This is what Jesus was saying. That whatever a man does on earth, he submits it back to the earth. So you can work so hard. When you are going, you leave it. And so you, when you call that dominion, are you not deceiving yourself? <laughs> That's not dominion. That's why the called out ones were revealed by the Lord of heaven, not the Lord of the earth. So he came from heaven and dominated the earth. So when he died, the earth could not. The earth could not hold him. And that's what he's talking about here. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The earth cannot be able to handle it. He will rise up out of the earth. The earth cannot hold him. He will dominate and fill the world with this kind of people. That is dominion. Our dominion mandate is to fill the earth with the God-like people. Who the earth will not swallow? Death, where is your power? Grave, where is your sting? Teaching you God. What this? Look at the 19. 19. Watch. Everybody lift up your head. So now Jesus says this. Go. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Oh. Whatever you bind on earth, as a matter of fact, is not will be, is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loosed in heaven. Hello? Why? You have the keys. Of the kingdom of heaven. Where are the keys? 
now you have the spirit of heaven living inside of you. So you are one with heaven. So you see, whatever you forbid, heaven forbids. Whatever you permit, heaven permits. Because now the man we are talking about is one with heaven. They are in agreement with heaven. Heaven now lives in them. Oh, praise God. So whatever they say, their spirit, from their spirit, the answers flow just like it will flow from heaven. That's why he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So that whatever you bind is bound. Loose is loose. The binding and losing is not tying. So you have to read, I bind you. I bind you. And your hands are going, I bind. Hey. If the devil is physical, then you can bind it. Even something. They couldn't bind it. <laughs> it was a human being. But they couldn't bind it. You bound him to a point. The devil is not physical. You don't bind. The binding there is to forbid. You stop it. So any assignment that is not of God, you stop it. Ah, you have the power to stop it. And it is not flowing from anywhere. It's flowing from you. It's in your spirit, which is also the spirit of God. Whatever you permit is also permitted because you are in agreement with heaven. You know the deal of heaven. You call them done and it is done. Oh, praise God. Hebrews 12. Look at the difference between the old and the new. Hebrews 12, 18 to 21. And then Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. You see the difference between the new and the old. In the old dispensation, what transpired? Now today, what transpires? So in the old, it says go, for, for you have not, hey, did you see? He says, for you have not come. So you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burn with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. So you want to see drama before you think God is answering. Ah, ah, you want to hear thunder. My son, my daughter. The sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Because they are afraid. Next. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so, 
So much as a beast touches the mountain, watch this, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. That's not God. That is law. The manipulation of man. God is not like this. This is not the nature of God. Continue. But you have come. Can you see the difference? But you have what? Come. To Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the heavenly Jerusalem. Hey, are you here? To an innumerable company. So when I see an angel, so what? It's a normal thing. <laughs> it's, it's a normal thing. Listen to me. As we are here, there are innumerable company of angels in your home. Are you getting the point? Anybody who is part of the body, we are all in the general assembly. Are you getting the point? When we gather, we gather here corporately as a part of the general assembly that is already gathered. Are you getting the point? Are you? And we come into full swing in concentration of who we are. And then we go back to do our daily works. But in our daily works as we do, we are still part of the general assembly. Angels are going with us in our homes. Angels are going with us to work. Angels are everywhere we are. So when you are praying, you are also discharging angels. So angels are not in heaven serving God. <laughs> hey, no. Oh, you. So I. So I've thought about some of these things we have preached to, and some of these understandings we've had. You say God is omnipotent. You say God is omniscient. You say God is omniwise, and God will need an angel to serve him, to praise him. So some of you, when you are praising God, you think, he said, let the praise go up, and then God will come down. So God needs something to ginger him. God needs you. When you ginger him, then God says, yes, I'm coming down. When you begin to sweat in your praise, then God says, oh, my son is sweating. Let me come. No. 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 Your praise brings you into the discovery of your own revelation of him. 
and that ginger's you to continue in your conviction and establishes and deepens your faith. So you take what you have to take. That's why when you praise God, things happen because you were gingered in your revelation of him. So your faith was so deepened and your conviction got stronger. And so you were able to release whatever is for you so you can take it. <laughs> so angels are here and they are instructed when your prayer goes from your spirit to do things they need to do for you. To the general assembly. And the church of the firstborn. Who is first, the firstborn? Christ. The first model of the God-man. That you and I are now. To God, the judge of all. To the spirits of just men. Perfect. Somebody say, This is me right there. Are you here with me? Let me give you something on the authentication of angels. Once again, look at Hebrews 1 13 and 14. Look at what Apostle Paul said. Go. But to which of the angels has he, he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all? Are they not all? Are they? Are they not all? All, 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 all angels are ministering spirits what are they what are they doing sent forth to minister for those who will inherit hello you see what angels do do you know that lucifer was with them in the garden of eden So where did Lucifer come from? You've not asked yourself. The reason why Moses didn't talk about angels because creation is about God and men. <laughs> so there's no concentration on angels. When man failed, who were sent to go and guard the tree of life? Do you know what that means? They are the ones to now tell man, send man messages regarding his salvation. So that's why you see, Zachariah, an angel appeared. This person, an angel appeared. To Ezekiel, an angel appeared. So that they would always tell man and God, the reminder that man is to be saved, to be in union with God. That is what life is all about. 
God's union with man. The message of salvation. Are you here with me? I'll open you up to know that God answers from within us. He answers from within us. Listen, that's why prayer is so important. It's so important. The moment a preacher tells you, listen very carefully, and says, you spend all your time praying. Go out there and do something. They are speaking from the earth. They are not speaking from heaven. It is a fleshly advice. Otherwise, Apostle Paul, let me start from Jesus, will not tell you, pray always. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say that? Pray what? Did Paul say pray without? You all know that. Anybody, any believer that jokes with prayer, you are shutting down your own heaven. You are not doing me. You are not doing anybody. If you think that prayer is making requests only for material things, then that's why you missed it. So, so far as you are getting material things, you say, oh, prayer is not important. Oh, well, I'm just telling you that you are giving up yourself to the trappings of the enemy. I'll speak to that as well later. Yes. Because those same material things will be your trap. There's power at work in you. Are you hearing me? When you pray, you make that power available. And it works in its dynamism to do things. That men cannot do. Hey, are you here with me? The prayer of the believer, that's what men cannot do. Anything that man can do does not feature in prayer. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I will end here. I'll continue. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Carry Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Carry Center International Living heaven on earth